you may be owed some money. After 911 and 411, call 541. That's 727-541-1741. Call Gulfstream Motorsports for a diminished value report. Due to my 28 years experience in the auto salvage business, I'm very good with wrecks. So if your car has been involved in a wreck, call me for a diminished value report. Call 727-541-1741. You may be owed some money for the lost value of your repaired vehicle. And visit us at GulfstreamMotorsports.com. Looking for car shows? Then look no further than FLACarshows.com. On your computer or on your mobile device, FLACarshows.com is a comprehensive list of automotive events plus videos and news articles. Whether you're looking for car shows, cruise-ins, meetups, automotive festivals, cars and coffees, or anything else relating to an internal combustion engine, then this is a site for you. Check it out online or on your phone at FLACarshows.com. All right, folks, you did real good with that cop. Now I want everything. Money, washes, rings, everything. Oh. Quick, move! You coming with me, Mom. We're going to have us a little party, huh? What you doing, you pig-head sucker? Every day for the last 10 years, Loretta there has been giving me a large black coffee. Today she gives me a large black coffee, only it's got sugar in it. A lot of sugar. I just came back to complain. How you boys put those guns down? <laughs> Say what? Well, we're not just gonna let you walk out of here. Who's we, sucker? Smith and Wesson and me. my day. Ambrosia in the DA's office asking if coffee is psychic. Set the way back machine. Yes, sir, Mr. Peabody. Hi, this is Sam Amolo of Motorhead Garage on Fox Sports Network. You're listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars.
Okay, listeners, welcome. You're tuned in to Nostalgic Radio Cars, and I'm your show host, Robert. Run your computers and Google Tantalk1340.com, and you can see us live here in the studios in downtown Clover. Don't forget to check out our website, GolfstreamMotorsports.com, where you can find out all about us and listen to 260-some-odd show. No, 560-some-odd shows. Yeah, something like that. Not to mention, not to mention, in less than a month, we have our... Uh, 13-year anniversary show. So, that ought to be fun. And if you want to listen to any of our past shows, don't forget to check out NostalgicRadioCars.com. All right, so now we have a new board engineer hanging out here tonight. His name is Matthew. So I'm going to introduce Matthew. Matthew, are you a car guy by chance? Not as much as I'd like to be, but I'm starting to get into it. Okay, you're going to have to get into it. We're going to have to twist your arm. So what are you into? Sports, as you can you can see this, but they can. I'm wearing hockey gear right now in honor of game one between the Lightning and Maple Leafs tonight. Oh, that's uh, an American team and a Canadian team. Correct. <laughs> well, then I think we should play some music from the Guess Who, since they're from Canada. Winnipeg, right. to be exact. But we'll do that later. Right. Anyway, um, and Bobby's standing uh, on the sidelines here. You know, he's kind of hanging out. So, hi, Bobby. How are you doing this evening? He will be sitting in here joining with me shortly. And uh, so we are going to talk a little bit about, uh, since this is Matt's first show, I didn't really want to, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Uh, I wanted to keep the show as simple as possible. So, you know, because he's, uh, we're breaking him in, aren't we, Bobby? We're breaking him in and we're going to teach him the ropes. And uh, as, as he progresses and he learns, he'll we'll complicate the show like we typically do. But he, so far, he's doing a pretty good job. All right. Anyway, thank you, thank you, thank you. And uh, welcome to the club here, and I uh, look forward to working with you. Good to be here. Let's do this. Let's do this. Okay, I like that. I like, I like that enthusiasm. Speaking of doing things, um, we did some stuff this weekend. Now, as you know, this is an automotive radio show, primarily. It's nostalgic radio and cars. But the nostalgic radio part is where we kind of get into radio music, for example. So uh, for the month of... Was it March? Yeah, March we did uh, March music, and then uh, we extended it into, uh, what month are we into? April. Okay, so we had uh, Henry Diltz on, and Henry Diltz is, uh, again, I want to thank him. Uh, go to MorrisonHotelGallery.com. You can find out all about Henry Diltz and his amazing photography. I mean, what was it I said he did? Something like 800 photographs, or no, 8,000. 8,000. Think about that, 8,000 and 200 or however many um, albums. And he worked with, you know, Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young, The Doors, uh, Love & Spoonful, uh, Janis Joplin, did one or two things with him. Uh, Joni Mitchell, was good friends with Joni Mitchell, and The Monkees, uh, just to name a few. And uh, did some stuff with um, uh, uh, James Taylor and uh, Jackson Brown. And he's still pretty good friends with most of the guys that are still out and about. And uh, so we will probably pick up with... Um, the music guys here, maybe you know, a couple months down the road. But I think what I'm going to be working on here soon, and I just got off the phone with Waddell Wilson. Now, a lot of you guys don't know who Waddell Wilson is. I'm a vintage. I'm into vintage racing. Okay, not so much the new stuff. So I don't really follow a lot of it. Just like same thing with cars. I'm into vintage cars, so I really don't know that much. I don't really pay that much attention to a lot of the new stuff. It just, it's you know, particularly with the electric cars, they're going to become nothing more than a uh, mode of transportation, uh, just a, uh, you know, Johnny cabs, basically. In fact, I was just reading something the other day. There was some company out there. I'm not sure what it's called. It's not Lyft or anybody like that, but there's a company out there that's uh, putting together these cabs, these 
um, that you can get into, and they just 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 take you from point A to point B. But it's usually in like a metro area or something like that. In fact, we had an interview with Bob Lutz many 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 years ago, and this was at the one of the uh, meetings that they have, one of the seminars they have in um, in Scottsdale, Arizona during uh, Scottsdale Collector Car Week. And um, which, by the way, Bear Jackson was in uh, Palm Beach this past weekend. And uh, and they had some amazing results, some pretty amazing cars. Unfortunately, I didn't go to that. I actually went to the Florida Tow Show, but we'll talk about that in a minute as well. And uh, so Bob Lutz, this is, gosh, it's got to be probably six, seven years ago. And he brought up the, you know, we were talking about cars and we were concerned with fuel and, you know, this EV craze is kind of going on. And uh, he says, well, you know what's going to happen? And you see this slowly. Um, the infrastructure, I, guys, don't worry because there won't be electric cars for a long time because there's not going to be enough battery material out there and there's not going to be enough uh, juice to plug your electric, whatever the thing is you're driving, your, your high-powered, expensive golf cart from point A to point B anyway, you know, short of shorten your house out. So that's not, we're not really worried about that. In fact, I know um, Bill was talking about that earlier on the Only in America show and uh, we're going to have somebody on um, talking and addressing the battery issue here and uh, so but anyway neither here nor there where it's going is is if the policies uh, eventually work their way through the system and they impose this on us where we have to drive electric vehicles then they're going to try to mess around with the internal combustion engine ice internal combustion engine and they're going to relegate us to suburbs and highways and places like that, but in metro areas where apparently, you know, there is a high concentration of pollution and stuff and fumes. I mean, it, you know, wind doesn't blow around there very well because you got buildings and stuff. Very often they're trapped, kind of like, you know, and which is particularly why we always talk about California. And, and you know, California is kind of like the high areas, low areas, but a lot of the stuff gets trapped in the valleys. And then, you know, there's a high concentration of of uh, pollution, exhaust fumes, and things of that nature. But there's also a lot of other stuff going on there as well. So it's not just the car. All right, let's make sure we're perfectly clear on that. And uh, But he said basically in a lot of the metro areas, it's going to get to the point where you drive into a town, you know, city, and let's just use New York, let's use Miami, let's use Atlanta, let's use San Francisco, let's use L.A., and let's use Chicago as an example. Um, and Dallas, Fort Worth area. Of course, that might be an exception because they're big. They're huge. They're spread out there. But a lot of the metro areas and in the older areas, you know, you'll go in and you'll get on a little pod and it'll take you from point A to point B within the, the metro area if you work in the city. Um, but also you see a lot of other things taking place. You see, for example, that, you know, a lot of people are starting to work more and more from home. Technology has got it to uh, the point where you pretty much can, you know, even with a with a phone, you know, you can pretty much do everything on that phone. I know I do quite a bit more. Yeah, but there's one thing I realized you can't do through a phone, and that's fix a car. Ah, that's exactly... Well, now, wait a minute, 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 wait a minute. You're right. You cannot physically fix a car. However, Bobby has this little goofy little device, <laughs> and he plugs it into the vehicle in the OBD port or whatever they call that thing. USB port? I think's the name of it? No, well, I don't know. What's it? He's coming in here in a second. He's going to straighten us out here in a second. Yeah, and please I'm sure, do. And I'm sure if Alan's listening, Alan's going to be able to put his two cents in, too. But you plug it in a little port, and then basically you have an app on your phone, and then boom. It, OBD. OBD. Wait, say that again? Uh, OBD. Okay. OBD. That's what I now, said. I didn't say OBD. There is OBD1 for your 
eighty something to ninety six. I want to say this is where Alan corrects us. And uh, <laughs> the ninety six through now, or something like that, is uh, OBD two. Okay. So different but, pr- different protocol gives you more more information. Yeah, and, and like really, that. you know, the, we were talking earlier about the. Uh, it seems to echo in here. Is it my me or whatever? Well, right? I'm here too. Okay. <laughs> also, anyway, so like when we're talking about this, the the diagnostic software, um, I think it goes. You know, through a series, but I think after 2017, 18, this, the software becomes far more sophisticated. And you've got to have, and the software, by the way, I might point out, has to be updated constantly. And it's you know eight to ten thousand dollars. So the average small shop out there can't afford the diagnostic equipment or the diagnostic software necessarily, unless they do a lot of you know 2019, 20, 21, 22 cards. That's why a lot of this, and it's not necessarily prepare proprietary proprietary that's what i was looking for proprietary um because the independent automobile uh, repair association people have jumped on this a little bit so um but in a way it kind of is because the the price pricing of it kind of keeps the guys relegated to you know the older cars and the older and somebody's got to work on those cars too and so at hence hence this is one of the reasons why the older car market, and I'll say 2005 to 2015, for example, that market's actually kind of strong. But but mind you, those cars are not exactly cheap to fix either because the newer the car, the more electronics. You're talking more computers. I mean, some of these new car vehicles have 50, 60, 70 computers in them. Mm-hmm. That's a lot. And uh, so basically, they're computers on wheels. And uh, they're just getting, in my opinion, technology on one hand is can be very good, but on another hand, it's very evil. And evil from the standpoint that it's making things so complicated and or people are just becoming too dependent on it. So we were we had this discussion earlier that you really need to make sure that you can do some of the basics in the event that you know all your technologies is uh, suddenly not available. Anyway, neither here nor there. Um, how did I get off on this tangent? I got off on this tangent somewhere. Okay, we were talking about... Um, Electronic electric cars, so and so that was Bill Lutz, and now here it is six seven years later, and we see more and more of this happening. So then our question to Bob Lutz was, you know, the former um, uh, vice president of General Motors, he says, well, what you're going to see is you're going to see these places pop up that are going to have you know these private race courses and private racing clubs. So basically, if you look at like a private golf course where you go run around and knock a ball around and then chase it for a while, then you catch the ball, and then you knock it away again, and then you hopefully get into some to be little holes about four inches in diameter with a little luck. The car guys are going to have their own private racing car clubs, and they're going to have their own private racing tracks, and they're going to have it staffed with uh, you know a, a track crew and emergency vehicles and so on. And then you're going to be able to use the track at... Uh, Whenever you want, within a reasonable, you know, daylight hours, let's just say, and then they might have special events and M1 concourse in uh, in uh, uh, Michigan is one. You've got uh, the Enclave, which they're building over here now. You've got a few out west in California and uh, Texas, and you've got one in uh, Nevada, and you've got one in Colorado, and you got a second one opening up here in Florida, and it's called Circuit F1. And uh, we'll probably have somebody on from there. We did have um, one of the gentlemen on from uh, from the Enclave, which is almost done. So these are professionally designed road courses with condominiums or 
garage dominiums. Mm-hmm. Um, the Enclave has garages. Yeah, so you, you have your, your loft, which yeah. contains your, apart, your apartment, so to speak, your living space, and then that overlooks your your, your toy your, box. <laughs> your toy box, yeah, basically. So you can have a With the boat. roof pulled off, so yeah, you're just yeah, looking yeah. right on it. Yeah, exactly. So, and then, but the one that they did VRI was one of the first ones that I saw, which is Virginia International Raceway, and they basically had like condominiums that you could rent, and then they had garages below. So when I say condominiums, I'm talking about an actual condo, an actual apartment, a house, or living quarters, I should say, designated living quarters, where the Enclave, like Bobby mentioned, it's basically a giant garage with a loft that you can build out to either a private apartment or a hangout or something like that, you know, a really cool man cave. Now, these, mind you, these things are expensive. They're six, seven, eight hundred thousand dollars nine hundred thousand million dollars and then there's the membership fee and all this, so they they get pretty expensive. And uh, so for the average guy like us, it's it's probably not feasible. But for the guy that has uh, unlimited resources and finances and a briefcase full of money, it's a it's a fine fine venue for them. But anyway, I doubt that any time in the next uh, 15, 20 years that we're going to go to that extreme. Now I'm will I'm going to touch on this just for a second here because. Um, I may have referenced this on, on Bill's show once before, but the former president of Toyota, uh, who was the grandson of Mr. Toyota, with a D, and then they changed it for marketing purposes to Toyota, with a T, and um, he was not a big fan of electric cars. He thought we were premature. Now, keep in mind, Toyota is neck and neck with a Volkswagen is the largest company in the world, Toyota. But we'll just say Toyota for argument's sake, is, and, and Volkswagen are the two largest automobile manufacturers. And Volkswagen is kind of sucking up to these guys. Toyota basically said, nah, we don't buy into this. But all of a sudden, like within a couple weeks of that article, um, the president at the time stepped down. He was replaced with another gentleman. And that gentleman went ahead and said something along the lines that, yes, we're going to be, you know, full steam ahead with electric cars. And, uh, you know, we're all eco-freco and all that other good stuff. Well, now it just came out that they said, no, nope, you know, on second thought, maybe we're not going to do that because we have a hybrid uh, car, which is basically a combination of electric and internal combustion engines uh, or hydrogen-powered. And, Bobby, you might want to elaborate on that a little bit because I, I think you I was just going to look that up because I, you I know, thought hydrogen was their big push. That hydrogen is their big push, but they're doing both. But basically they can say that these things got, uh, you know, um, 60, 70 miles to go. Now, where I'm going with that, and Alan's probably listening, is over the weekend, okay, on Saturday, I took a trip over to Orlando. And uh, when I went over to Orlando, I was over there hanging out with the guys from the Florida Tow Show, which is Florida Record Show. Now, as you guys most probably know, they've tuned into my show on a weekly basis uh, for the last 13 years, almost. Uh, you know that I was in the wrecking yard business for 40 years. So I'm a wrecking yard guy. And we had tow trucks. Well, we didn't really have tow trucks. We had car carriers or rollbacks is what we used in our business. And uh, so I always like to kind of keep up on the latest technology and what. And so there's companies out there like ours is a Jardin, then it was well-built, and then there's Dual Tech, and then there's Century, and then, you know, a number of other ones. And Miller, I think, might still be around. And, uh, and there is a certain degree of consolidation going on. And then there's, these are car carriers, medium carry cars, and then they have larger car carriers. You see them going down the road all the time, transporting vehicles. And then you have the big heavies, and then you've got the, the, the really, really, really big heavies, you know, with the rotators and everything like that. Now, keep in mind, a new rollback, like pretty much what we have, you know, back in the day, 2000, that truck was about a $55,000, $56,000 truck. Today, that very same truck's 100000 So a little over 100000 for a 
F550 with a diesel and an automatic. You're talking a little over $100,000. So, and a lot of guys, you know, the record guys, they they, they run the, the diddly out of their trucks because they're there to, to, to do their thing, to haul and work and all that stuff. Um, ours is more of a, because we're a small business, We ours doesn't get that kind of abuse. So, naturally, my truck's in 1999, and uh, it still looks every bit as good and does everything it's supposed to do like a, like a brand-new truck. And I don't have all the computers, nothing, as long as i got a power windows, power seats, a radio, an air conditioning, automatic transmission, it runs and drives, and the bed goes down like it's supposed to. I'm good. And so it's, point being is you take care of your stuff, it'll last. But if you're in the business and you've got to really work it, then obviously, and for depreciation and business purposes, obviously we know why people always update their equipment. So it was really cool to see a lot of the, the new equipment that was out there. And uh, it's, the technology has worked its way into uh, rollbacks and lighting and hydraulics and design. And uh, But for the most part, it's still the basic truck, and it does still have the same basic functions as my 99 does or my 85 did back in the day when I had it. But so it was a, it was a fun time. Um, it's a huge event. It's a lot of fun for kids. Bobby's been going there since he was, what, five or six? Uh, didn't go with me this time, but, you know. But back in the day, they used to have a really, really awesome, I mean, an awesome display of uh accessories for for tow trucks well now you know here we are we're you know 20 years later and with the technology and stuff like that only a handful of people actually show up so you have basically one vendor that supplies or two vendors that supply you know let's say lighting or uh, 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 jacking equipment or recovery equipment or things of that nature and uh, and pretty much they might just have a little representative there and it says here here's go to our website and order off the website so it's not as much fun as it used to be. I was a little disappointed from that aspect of it. But for the, but the truck turnout was really, really good, a lot of stuff. And, of course, they always have a little display where they show basically how some of the wreckers work. And usually they're always being a big heavy, you know, that's picking up something, a smaller truck. And I remember years ago they had a, what, a cement mixer there or something like that. They rolled it over carefully, and then they rolled it back. And that was kind of cool, you know. So, But just to give you an idea, so let's say a rollback is $100,000. Those rotators are a million a million dollars for these. So next time you see a big heavy going down the road, they're you know eight nine hundred thousand a million dollars. Nothing. The part that probably doesn't people don't know about it is the insurance side of it. To insure these trucks, some of these guys are paying. I mean, I remember uh, one of the guys from one of the local towing companies out of Tampa who had a, a huge fleet. He was paying a quarter of a million dollars a year back in 1985, and they had something like 25 trucks. Well, today that company has something like 50 trucks. In fact. You'll even see them. They have a contract with NASCAR. You'll see their trucks running around on the NASCAR truck recovering a lot of the cars that got crashed. But anyway, on that note, I think we're at uh, 728. Why don't you go ahead and cue up a song? We'll take a commercial break, and then we'll be back in a few minutes, and I'll tell you about the other part of the story and what I did on Sunday. And then meanwhile, Bobby will be looking at this stuff on this electric car stuff. I do have another. I do have an interesting thing for when we come back. Oh, you do? Okay. Yes. Well, anyway, you're tuning into Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and you're going to fade into a song which, right uh, now. And which I think, well, which one did monkeys. you Did you want to do the monkeys first, or do you want to do Guess Who? Let's do the Guess Who. Guess Who? You know, we always do that every time we Guess Who. Since, guess since who? he's talking about the Maple Leaf dudes playing the Stars and Bars guys. So right? I think it's a star. No, 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 no. no the, the American flag. That's not Stars and Bars. I would uh, Stars and Stripes, baby. Stars and Stripes. That's it. That's it. That's it. Okay, so we got Stars and Stripes against the Maple Leafs. And here's a little Guess Who for you. Tune in to Nostalgia Radio Cars. Don't touch that dial. We will be right back. I promise you. Part nine. Oh, 
think we missed it. Anybody here see the love, see the hate, be in motion. Don't give me no hand-me-down shoes. Don't give me no hand-me-down love. Don't give me no hand-me-down world. I got one already. Anybody here see the long distance cheer for the notion? I think we missed it. Anybody here see the sky weeping tears? for car shows? Then look no further than flacarshows.com. On your computer or on your mobile device, flacarshows.com is a comprehensive list of automotive events plus videos and news articles. Whether you're looking for car shows, cruise-ins, meetups, automotive festivals, cars and coffees, or anything else relating to an internal combustion engine, then this is a site for you. Check it out online or on your phone at flacarshows.com. You may be owed some money. After 911 and 411, call 541. That's 727-541-1741. Call Gulfstream Motorsports for a diminished value report. Due to my 28 years experience in the auto salvage business, I'm very good with wrecks. So if your car's been involved in a wreck, call me for a diminished value report. Call 727-541-1741. You may be owed some money for the lost value of your repaired vehicle. And visit us at GulfstreamMotorsports.com. Hey, I'm Christy Lee from All Girls Garage and Barrett-Jackson on Velocity, and you're listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Okay, we're back, and you're tuned in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Very good there. Good job there, Matt. Thank you, sir. Like I said, it's going to take a little time to get my feet under me, but it's radio. It's radio, it's radio. and it's spontaneous, and whatever happens, happens. And That's why we love it. That's why we love it. Took exactly. the words right out of my mouth. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> okay, so, Bob, what would you find out for us here? Well, it's called the Toyota Mirai, okay. M-I-R-A-I, if I'm pronouncing that right. Starting at forty nine thousand, um, which you know they're going to have different models. Obviously, hydro blue is their signature color. Oh, hydro blue! Um, eight year, one hundred thousand mile warranty. Well, that's good. Um, up to four hundred two mile manufacturer estimated range, range, but but that's considering you can fuel it with it. It can be. Refueled quickly. Okay. Um, and I guess basically using the using the the hydrogen technology 
as a means to generate the electricity. Right. That's why you have a hybrid. Okay. Um, you know, out of the fuel cell to create the electricity to, to power it. And your only byproduct is water. Uh-huh. Um, but anyway, then the other interesting article, it was just a f- week ago, uh, stating a Toyota and Exxon testing, this is from carscoops.com, Toyota and Exxon testing synthetic fuels. No way. Oh, that cuts ice emissions by up to 75%. See, Porsche was working right. on that as well. But here's the, here's the fun part. Um... What was I saying? Yeah, Toyota has been skeptical now testing Exxon's synthetic fuel blends. Um, it's called E-Fuels. E-Fuels, right, right, right. That's what they were working on. In fact, they've had right. that since it World is. War II. It's really been out because the Germans were experimenting with it when their fuel supplies were short, so they already had it developed. So basically, a lot of this is not necessarily new technology. Right. It's just that we're revisiting it and we're able to process it and make it more efficient and make it work better and at a lower cost. That's but, really what it's. That's what. That's where the technology has been a big play and a big plus in but, this particular regards. But the why is really funny. Toyota says its research proves that the fuel can be used in existing and older vehicles powered by internal combustion engines. Also points out the high uh, carbon costs of producing electric vehicles. Yes. And the uncertainty of where the electricity that powers them is coming from. Yes. Meaning that EVs are not strictly zero emissions vehicles. Yes. Where there's what they're working on is. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and argues that synthetic fuels should also be considered a actual meaningful way to reduce carbon emissions, therefore. Super. Well said. All right, good. So we're going to do a little more research on that. Now, speaking, let's go back and let's start talking about stuff. Okay, so I met this guy, um, and I, I'd heard about him. I was in a junkyard on my way to Amelia Island a number of months ago. Well, last month, when Amelia was, right? So <clears throat> back in the day when I was in the wrecking yard business, West Coast Auto Salvage, West Coast Nostalgic Auto, and West Coast Rental Wreck, um, I used to travel basically Tampa Bay area, Citrus County, Lakeland, uh, or Orlando, Lakeland, and Sarasota, and then occasionally I'd wander off. Now on weekends, a lot of times what I would do is I would put a little, you know, a little cash in my pocket, and I would get in my rollback. And me, one of the guys that worked with me, Scott at the time, we would drive around on weekends, and we'd always look for for cars. But invariably, what would happen is we would end up going oh miles and miles and miles and miles away. In fact, interesting story: when Bobby was a little child. And I'm seeing a child when he was still in his little car seat, you know, I would go off on these little uh, excursions looking for car parts. And I'd stop here, stop there. Bobby would always be with me. And I have my his little diaper bag with me. <laughs> I had to go finish the story. Okay. <laughs> anyway, I'm just putting I'm just putting in perspective how young he was. OK. And uh, so we had cell phones. OK. And as mom would say, where are you at? I would just say I'm on the other side of Tampa. And I went over, I started on the other side of Tampa. I started on this side of Tampa. Then I went to the other side of Tampa. Next thing I know, I was in, I don't know, Vero Beach, someplace like that. We were at Vero one time. So Teresa would go, my wife, his mom, would say, uh, so where are you guys at? I said, we're on the other side of Tampa. Now, the old saying goes, it's better to beg for forgiveness than to ask for permission, right? Now, I, she goes, well, when are you coming home? Bobby's got to eat. And I said, don't, so, don't worry about that. we got to take care of it. There's plenty of Cracker Barrels between here and home. 
And she goes, where are you exactly? And I wouldn't really come out and say, we were over, I think, in New Smyrna one time. We were digging up a bunch of cars over there. And he was a little kid. So anyway, long and short of it. So this is, I had this pattern. Okay, so Bobby's used to all these stories. And he's used to me running. And as he got older, he would be with me as I would stumble on these little, you know, garage finds. So you'd see the pickers on TV and you hear about barn finds and all that stuff. We did that back in the 70s, 80s, 90s. I've always been doing that. So that's nothing new to me. But it is cool. It is fun. So I was at the junkyard. This is one off 301 that I hit many, 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 many years ago. And, um, and so I got to talking to the guy. Now, the father wasn't there, but the, the son was there. And we started talking, and we kind of networked a little bit. And he realized that at, in the conversation that I was telling the truth, and I'd been there before, and, and he had some stories. And I said, well, whatever happened to this car? Whatever happened to that car? All this stuff used to be all over the place, right? But he got cleaned up a little bit. Nonetheless, he tells me about some other guy that's got a whole bunch of old Ford stuff. Well, he just gives me a clue, just a clue. Well, that clue leads me to the internet. That internet lead leads me to this guy who leads me to a Facebook page who leads me to kind of, uh, messaging, and I'm learning all this stuff. And then and this guy, we we connect. So it took me three or four months back and forth to kind of earn the trust of this guy. Because keep in mind, a lot of guys with rare stuff don't really want people kind of wandering around, sniffing around their private collections. But if they kind of trust you and test you, they might at least open up some dialogue. So that's what happened. So the guy invited me up in North Florida. I went up to North Florida, and I did that over the weekend. And I had to be there by a certain time. He gave me a 15-minute window. You need to be here between 9 and 9.15. 9.30 the latest, I don't know where I'll be. It says 9.30. At 9.30, it'll be question marks. Boom, 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 boom. So I knew I had to haul butt. So I got up there. I called him, and he said, oh, you, you went one exit too far. Well, you know how that goes. And uh, so, anyway, long and short, I met with a guy. It's in front of this little, old, crappy little building. I mean, the building looked like the wind was just going to blow it down. But part of it was blocked. Part of it was tin. I get inside. And, yes, ladies and gentlemen, the stories are true. The stuff is still out there. There was stuff that was in there that I'm just going to say guys would kill for. First thing I see is a big block Chevrolet. Second thing I see... But no big deal. But he tells me it's a 375 horse, 396 out of a 65, whatever. Chevrolet, Corvette. It could have been a Nova. It could have been anything. But it was a 65, 396. And uh, and he, he goes in the store. And I go, okay, fine. Now, I'm a Ford guy. I think he's a Ford guy. But I see he's got a little everything. He's got Mopar. He's got Oldsmobile. He's got Ford. Mostly Fords. So, so here. here's a He pulls his cover back. And I'm telling you, this building looked like it was going to collapse on us. Okay? So we go in there, and there's old, it was an old machine shop at one point in time, I guess, I guess, in this itty-bitty little town in no man's land. And uh, so pulls the cover back, and he goes, you know what this is? I said, yeah, I know exactly what that is. And uh, it was a 427 Ford crossbolt main motor. You can tell by the uh, screw-in freeze plugs and blah, blah, blah. The rest is history. And he says, you, you seen one of those cranks? And I start looking at the crank, and I go, yeah, that's a steel crank, 427. So then he shows me these cylinder heads, and I'm starting naming off the part numbers. Then he shows me this other thing, the other motor that was there, and it was a 429 Cobra Jet. And I said, well, he called it a super Cobra Jet, but you really can't tell. Uh, kind of yes, no, maybe, you know, but it, definitely Cobra Jet. Then he shows me a set of cylinder heads, and he says, I think that's one of those heads. And I said, it's, uh, let me check it. It's a D-O-O-R, which it was, which is a 429 Cobra Jet. Now, if I'm going too fast for you guys, you're going to have to take notes. Anyway. Or go to NostalgicRadioOnCars.com. Yeah, and listen to the <laughs> and show. listen to the show. Yeah. Again. And you can start and stop it and take notes. <laughs> right, right, right. Okay, so, so far I see all these cars, I mean, car parts, motors, um, the rafters is full of stuff. I started noticing some Corvette parts laying around, some, some mid-year Corvette stuff. I didn't pay much attention to it, but I saw some side pipes and a few things like that and some covers. 
and I saw some hubcaps, so I'm thinking, hmm, there's probably some Corvettes in here too, maybe. And we, we're just, the building's 100 feet deep, right? So we're at the front part of the building. And he's showing me this machine shop, and he's showing me this uh, machine that basically back in the day that would straighten a crank. I never really looked at one of those. I never really saw it. And, and he was explaining to me how it basically how basically cranks get out of round and what they have to do to, to straighten them. He showed me a milling machine, a grinding machine, and this machine, and that machine, and you know, I mean, you know, all this stuff. This is before the days of CNC. This is old stuff. Really, really cool stuff. And the guy that had the building that was his friend, how they were kind of partners, was really, really talented at doing machine work. So the stuff was, are you getting bored, Matt, because you're yawning? Okay. <laughs> no, it's been a dory. It's been a long no, day. No, okay, okay, it okay. has. Just it has. Just Tuesdays are long. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, um, so then we get in this other room, and I see the 61 Galaxy in there. And I go, okay, that's kind of cool. I said, what's in that thing, a 352 or a, what was it, a 390 or a 406? He goes, no, 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 that was just a, a 312 car or a 292 car. That's a small white block, okay? No big deal. But then when I started looking, I go, hey, what do you got all in? Uh, I look at the car covers, and I'm going, those are silhouettes of mid-year Corvettes. So not only was there one Corvette in there, not only was there two Corvettes in there, not only was there three Corvettes in there, not only was there four Corvettes in there, but there was five Corvettes in there. And they'd been in there who knows how long. Now, this does exist. These are true stories. So the first one that I looked at was a split window. The second one was a 64 Coupe. The third one was a 63 uh, Roadster. And then there was a 58, and I think maybe a 60 or something like that. I was sitting back there. No, I take it back. That was a little bit both late 50s. Because only the back ends weren't facing me, so I, the taillights all look alike. So 57, 58, 59, 60. Anyway, so I thought, wow, this is really, really cool. Now, mind you, mind you, none of this stuff is for sale. None of it. And he says, don't even ask. It's all promised to somebody somewhere, someplace. But he says, this was his quote, which I thought was pretty cool. The reason I have this car and the reason I'm not going to sell it to you is because I have it and you don't and nobody else can have it. And I thought, wow, that's kind of cool. And but I didn't make any effort, you know. I just my job was to go in there and just look at this stuff and then because I was invited up there. At this point, we had some dialogue, he knew I was for real, so he invited me. He says, "Okay. So now we're going to go to the next place." I said, "The next place, right?" And so he takes me to the next place. He says, "You're going to have to follow me." So we go another 40 miles to wherever, I'm not sure, it was out in the woods. And we get out there, and I, the only thing I said, I said, do you have a snake kit with you? So you can only imagine, we were in a thicket, a forest, quasi-swamp, and I'm going, okay, so we're near Georgia. I'll, I'll give you that clue. We're near and Georgia. This <laughs> seems like something, just listening to this, it seems like something out of deliverance. It's close. It seems like something Banjos are delivered. almost playing. There was But you got to understand, when you're a car guy, you're focused on car stuff, and it doesn't mm-hmm. matter. You're going to go in there at all costs. Okay. Now, I wasn't worried because he, had, he, had, he pulled out and showed me his... He had to make sure he showed me his guns. So he pulls out his 38, pulls out his uh, 9mm, and he pulls out his 44. And he says, see, I keep these with me all the time. Because... I will tell you that the building that we were at the first time was not exactly in the best part of town. You, so need, to, you need to come. You need to come with protection. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. So, now having said that, we get out to this field and we get out there, and there's a bunch of old cars. So the first thing I see is a '69, '68, '69 Torino. 
and I call it as I see it, and I was right on the money because the grill's different than the 68 and the 69. 68's got a tin grill, and the 69's got, I think, a pop metal grill, if I remember correctly, if I remember correctly. Anyway, but this was a 302 four-speed car, so I was looking at it. I was trying to see if it had a tack. The rear end was out of it and some other stuff. But anyway, it was a rough body. So all this stuff, this was rough. Then there was a 66 Mustang, and then there was another, another 58 Corvette X-Drag car sitting out there. I go, okay, fine. So then we're tripping over some other stuff, bob wire and this and that, and engine parts and, st- and motorhomes and, and milk trucks and just whatever else is all laying out there. And then I see this boat laying there. And I go, what's the story on the boat? He goes, oh, that used to be a friend of mine's, and that was an old drag boat. And what it was was about 18-foot, 20-foot SK boat, you know, flat bottom. And I was looking at it, I said, well, that's kind of interesting. It's got a transmission in there that's a dual bolt pattern, so it's either a, uh, was that an Oldsmobile? He goes, no, it was a Chevrolet. And I said, interesting. So what did it have in it? He said, a big block. So this was basically a drag boat. But it's sitting out there rotting away. But he's just going to get to it one day. Then he shows me all these 30s Ford trucks and these the equipment and a boom truck and a this truck and a, and a, and a, and a couple hot rods and, and some old stock car race cars and and uh, or frames, what was left of them. And then some Jeeps and, you know, stuff like that. And then we got to a fire truck, and that was kind of cool. And I go, okay. So I'm thinking to myself, where's the good stuff? You know? And uh, so he said, well, we got another place we got to go. You know, we got five or six places to go. But he says, we're going to go. I'll show you. I'll show you what you came to see. And I go, okay, show me what I came to see. So we get to this other place, driving down the road in the middle of nowhere again. And I'm looking for, well, I'm not sure. I'm looking for stuff. So, again, we walk through this field and gates and bob wire and briar. I think we call it a briar patch or something like that. And, 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 and the mosquitoes. Oh, my gosh, the mosquitoes. They were just having a field day with me. And I'm not sure if they chiggers or whatever those things are. Anyway, I was just scratching and itching and puffing and wheezing and the whole nine yards. But I couldn't pass up the opportunity to walk there. I mean, there was some really, really cool stuff up there. And so, again, we come into more race car stuff. We come If there's a quick Franklin Quick Changer and nine-inch rear ends laying all the place, aluminum racing wheels, uh, mag wheels, keystone wheels, radar wheels, rocket wheels, uh, you know, all just all kinds of cool stuff. So we get this big, giant lean-to, right? I mean, this thing had to be, shoot, 200 feet long, Okay. And it's wide open. Uh, I mean, the, the area is secluded. You'd never find it in a millionaire. Which is where I'm going with this, is that there's probably stuff like this all over the country. And as these guys get older, and Bobby can attest to this because he's seen some of this stuff, and I'm just as guilty. I have a few little things stashed away. Alan, if you're listening, I know you have some stuff stashed away. In your garage. Chris, if you're listening, I know you have. Steve, if you're listening, I know you've got stuff. So as we get older... We kind of like worried about this. Now, I don't want to end up like some of these guys that have just fallen over dead. And you can see these auctions all over the place where all these stuff is everywhere. And I don't care where you are in the country. I don't care if you're in the Midwest. I don't care if you're California. I don't care if you're Texas. I don't care if you're Connecticut, Maine, Canada. That makes no difference. Guys have collected this crap. And we and, and basically how it works is is you you have a car and you're going to work on it and then you find something else and you go oh hey I'd like to have that and you, then you grab that you drag it home and then the other one goes to the back and then this one's in the front you tinker with that for a while then next thing you know you get another one and then then the process repeats, repeats itself pretty soon you got a 200 square foot building or 200 foot building that's long and way down at the end is all the stuff so in the thicket of 427 motors and and high performance Chevrolet motors and high performance Ford motors which is primarily what was there 
coverage is. In fact, there was an exhaust manifold laying there, and I looked at that, and I said, hmm, it looks like a jet manifold, but I had to flip it while he's talking to me. I'm flipping exhaust, I'm flipping things apart, looking for part numbers, and obviously Ford stuff I know. And I said, that's a police interceptor intake manifold. I said, where's the rest of the motor? He goes, well, I don't know, that's probably around here somewhere. I mean, everything's in the car, uh, 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 everything's piled up, okay? So then, as we're tripping through all this stuff, and he's showing it to me, and he's telling me the stories, uh, we bump into a 68 Shelby, which is one of the reasons why I was there, because I heard about these cars. And then, besides that Shelby, was another Shelby. And the two Shelbys actually met by accident, literally. They ran into each other. And uh, so one had, one basically branded the other one, and uh, but that's when they were parked in another location, and they, they actually... One got fired up, the neutral safety switch wasn't working, and it jumped in the gear and went BAM and hit the other car. So, But the door was off of it. It was a 68 GT350 automatic car. Then the other one was a KR. And then on the other side of that was a big block 394 speed fastback. Then it was a 66 fastback. Then it was another rebodied Shelby. Then it was the Holy Grail of Shelby's, which was a 69 428 Cobra Jet drag pack car. Really, really nice car at one point in time. Those are the cars that just like, wow, you know, they exist. The stuff does exist. It's out there. Then there was a 61 Ford. Then there was a 64 Ford. But this is nothing compared to my friend up in the Carolinas. My friend up in the Carolinas, Bobby was at this place with me a lot. Oh, you were 11 years old? Let's see. It was back in, I don't know, sometime in 2006, yeah, 2006, 2007. So you would have been about 10 years old. And we went to this place up there in, in, in some place in the Carolinas. That's all I'm going to tell you guys. And when I went to his shop, Bobby was with her and, and my wife, his mommy. And this guy had 57 Galaxies, or 57 Fords. He had a thing for 57 Fords. And as these 57 Fords, every one of them, he had eight of them. Every one of them had 427 camera motors in them. Which, that's the holy grail of 427s. Now, this other guy that was in Florida, he had not only, he didn't have any cameras, but he had tunnel ports. Okay, those are equally as rare, but not the camera. So, not only did this guy up there in the Carolinas have cameras, but he also had Boss 429s. And so, as the story goes, when Banju Matthews, who was a Ford guy, he built racing chassis for NASCAR guys, and Holman and Moody, when they decided to go out of business and people were making the changes into uh, the newer models and the newer specs and stuff like that, they had auctions and that stuff got sold. Well, a lot of these boys in the South went up there and bought a lot of this stuff. And fortunately they did and the stuff was saved. So now it's sitting in these warehouses. And in these warehouses, they're sitting in there in crates and they're stacked and nobody's done anything with them. So here they are, you know, they've been sitting there for 40 years now, or 50 years, some of them, and now where do you go with it? So the whole story here, the moral of the story is, which reminds me of another guy that had a racing boat shop in, in Pass Grill, and I remember walking in there because I had a 72 Ranchero GT that I used to street race, and I was running a Boss 351 in it, and somebody told me what you need to get is a Boss 429. Well, in the 72 Torinos, there's no shock towers. It's got a regular conventional chassis. And I thought that would be perfect. And somebody said to this guy down there, and I'll say it mention his name because he's not around anymore, but it was Dave Stoller Marine. So Dave Stoller had this, and he built boats, like Randy Raby did, who was also out of St. Petersburg and built boats. And uh, 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 like Ray Hankey, Hankey built boats too, and Ray's still around. And everybody knew everybody because we're all from this little area here, this little community. But Stoller, when I walked into his shop, his machine shop there, he had two drag boats. Both drag boats, his and hers, had Boss 429s in them. 
And I said, I heard you had some uh, Boss 429s for sale. He says, yeah, I got a couple. So he took me in his machine shop, and there were five or six crates from Holman and Moody. And this is in the mid-'70s now, and they had sold out. And these were Boss 429 motors. And I go, wow, you know, what are the odds? Now, I could have bought a Boss 429 motor back then, a used one, for 1500 bucks Today, that motor is going to cost you $25,000, $30,000. is going to cost you $25,000, $30,000. A camera motor is going to cost you, I think one sold on Bring a Trailer, for close to 100 So this stuff is out there. Collectors are still going crazy over it. And there's some people putting it to good use, but other people just are collecting it. And so what's happening is, is a lot of these old-timers, as they're reaching 70, 80, some cases 90, okay, um, I'm not sure what they're going to do with it, you know, but they're not really wanting to sell because let me tell you from my own personal experiences, selling, letting go, right, Bobby, is the hardest thing in the world. But I, I yep. have had a revelation, and is that the right word? Revelation, revelation. oh, yeah, 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 right here. And, and, don't and, touch and, that dial. You're going to have revelations coming. Yeah. <laughs> I have realized that a lot of these guys, and I've seen this, and I'm thinking, the these what I have in comparison to what these people have in terms of the amount of stuff they have. I mean, talking about uh, critical mass. Um, and in terms of value, not that I don't have a few valuable things, but I'm going to thin my herd. I'm going to make it easy for Bobby because he's not really a parts junkie like I am. And when you have a car, you got to have parts. And then not only one part, but to get up two. And why stop at two? You might as well get three, four, and five, right? So, so it's the three, four, and five that we might have to look into. It's the into. three, four, and five that we have to look into and you say, have, okay. So, and 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 uh, I have some cars that have been sitting around. You have a request. Yeah. yeah. My question is though, like, if you if you've got like two, three, four of the same part, will it work for the same car as like backups, or will you use the same part for like two different model cars? Oh, it's it's backups. It's a uh, it's like uh, you know, one's okay, two's good, three's not enough. Let's get four and five and keep going there. Well, even though we only need two, right? But, but keep in mind, but some of this stuff is so rare that if you actually drop it and break it, you're you screwed. Know, you're screwed, and then you got to go pay an arm and leg to get it. So you might as well keep what you got, right? But you do sell. If you don't have, see, I have, like a lot of these guys, I have stuff and these guys have stuff that they don't have cars to go to. So at that point, you might as well sell the surplus or the excess. But if you have the car, you keep as many spares as you can because you never know. And if worse comes to worse, when you sell it, sell the car, all that stuff goes as a package. And the extras kind of sweetens the deal a little bit. So it kind of makes, you know, your. Your hundred thousand dollar deal, a hundred and ten thousand dollar deal. So let's just say, not mine. I mean, but I'm just right. saying. But part two to the to your to the answer, the actual answer there is, yes. Some of some of those some of those three, four, and fives are there because, like, if you're just taking you know F two fifty, you keep three fours and fives because it fits the excursion, and then you got, you know, the three, four, and fives. You got all those different parts that fit that do fit other models. Like, oh yeah, like yeah, you yeah, were yeah. Saying. That's yeah, true. Yeah. That's true. That's true. That's true. That's true. And then yeah. Mustang parts work the same way a lot yes. of times. Yes, and stuff yes. like that. Motors. So, for example, <laughs> yeah. like if you got a small block Ford, it'll fit from sixty-five to seventy-three, for example. And if you got a big block, it'll fit from same thing, same thing, same thing. So, if you have more than one car, you obviously have many, 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 many parts. But, but the the point is, is that you're gonna and you see this on Bring a Trailer. You see this on. Um, this one website. In fact, Dennis Collins has got a, you know, who used to be the guy that used to hang out behind uh, um, Gas Monkey there, what Richard Rollins, you mm-hmm. know, he'd show up every once in a while. Okay, so now he's got his own little thing, and it's called Coffee Talk. And I don't mind giving him a plug. 
And um, so now he's got 200 cars at Vanderbrink. Brink uh, auction is going to auction off. Now there are some pretty cool cars there, but they're serious projects. And the problem you got is, is that it costs so much money to restore these cars. I was just in a shop today and I saw it. I was in a shop the other day and I saw it. And I'm thinking, you know, it's it's extremely expensive to do these cars. So you're almost better off buying a done car. But if you don't have the money, many times. You know, that was my situation. I said, well, I can't afford a done car because that's expensive, but I can afford a project, and I'll build it over time. But the key thing here is build it over time. Don't wait. I mean, I have a car that I had since 1977, my 69 Shelby. I've had since 75. I took it apart. It's still not together. But I'm going to build. I'm going to liquidate some of my excess stuff, and I'm going to put my cars together because you guys heard it here first on Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and I expect you guys all to hold me to it. Right, Bobby? You heard it here, Tampa Bay. You heard it here, Tampa Bay. So, anyway, so I will, from time to time, you know, we do an open show. This was an open show. And, uh, you know, we'll talk about some of the, uh, the escapades. And we're going to be working on possibly our YouTube channel, so stick around for that. Our YouTube video version of, and I might just go out on the road, and I might just videotape some of these really rare things, and I keep it secret because the whole idea is you got a relationship or fiduciary with the guy that owns the car, and he's not. If he's private, you have to respect his privacy. You should be thankful that he lets you see his really cool stuff. But it's a lesson learned that you go, okay, I don't want to wind up like this. I need to get my stuff together or scale down. So, anyway, that is my story, and I'm sticking to it. Do it. Bobby, do you have anything to add? That is it. All uh, right, so Matt, you did a good job. We've got the music in the background right now. Oh, I yeah. want to make sure that everybody knows that uh, they need to go to some of the car shows, mm-hmm. check out some of the stuff. we got the Walter Mitty coming up here, um, and which is the Vintage Races in Atlanta next month, or the end of the month. And then, of course, the Porsche Swap Meetup in Hershey or in Pennsylvania, which I may be going to that. And uh, obviously, I want to see you guys get out in the streets and drive some of your cars. There's a lot of car shows going on there. Check out FLA Car Shows, find out where they're all at. And don't forget to tune in here every Saturday night, Tuesday, Saturday night, Tuesday night, Tuesday. between yeah, 7 and 8 p.m. on the Tantalk Radio Network. Follow us on our social media. Big shout-out to my friends over there at Fast Lane Travel, okay, and uh, and the, my the mid-state shoe, Midtown Shoe Repair guy down there. He, you know, patches my heart and soul, or my healing soul. Heals my soul. That's it. Anyway, in the meantime, everybody, stay safe, drive carefully, and love your family. WTAN, Clearwater, FM 106.1, WDCF, Dade City, FM 102.3, WZHR, Zephyr Hills, FM 104.3. Listen.